Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, brought to you by Bethany Lutheran Church in Cherry Hills Village, Colorado. Today's episode is a recording of the sermon from this past Sunday, Sunday, November 22nd. As you'll hear during the course of the sermon, Sunday, November 22nd, is Christ the King Sunday, or at least it was this year. And that's a really important day in the liturgical calendar. It's kind of the ending of the liturgical year. I'm getting ahead of myself. I talk about all of this within my sermon. Um, So listen along for some great information about the difference between goats and sheep, uh, what it means for Christ to be our king, and what we're supposed to do when we encounter people in need in our life. Without further ado, as I like to say, here is a sermon for you from Sunday, November 22nd. As I told you in the beginning of this worship service, it's Christ the King Sunday. And there's a lot of significance to this day, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But as I also mentioned, today is the end of the liturgical year, the last Sunday in our liturgical year. In case you didn't know, churches run on a different calendar than the rest of the world. We keep time slightly differently because we believe that there are seasons to our life, seasons to our life of faith, and God is the author of these seasons. And so as far as churches are concerned, today is the last Sunday in the year. And I thought that I would let you know that because I know that a lot of people are getting pretty eager to have this year over and done with. But don't get ahead of yourself. The new liturgical year doesn't start until next Sunday. And so maybe that's why the gospel reading this morning is such a doozy. One last moment to muddle through before we can jump ahead to the new year. Did you hear that gospel reading that I just read? It's got it all. Jesus showing up in unexpected places, eternal punishment, weird analogies about farm animals. Beyond all that, I think this reading also poses a question that many people wonder about. People of faith seem to constantly be wondering this one particular question that gets seemingly addressed in the gospel reading. And now I've been engaged in ministry for many, many years in many different places, whether it was high school students or at a camp that I worked at, or or senior citizens at a Bible study I led in Philadelphia, or seminarians who were studying to be pastors. Seems to me that everyone wants to know how to respond to people who are in need. When do we do, what does it mean when the least of these is right in front of us? How are we supposed to act when we see that panhandler on the corner of I-25 in Hamden? It's hard to know how to handle these moments when they confront us. We all struggle with what the appropriate response should be. When we encounter someone in need right in front of us, we wonder, is it, is it safe to give them money or food at this moment? What if this is all just an elaborate con? Aren't there better ways to help people in need? And while this gospel passage this morning doesn't give us a clear, clean, direct answer to these types of questions, it does give us a pretty good idea about what our approach might want to be. And now, I'll get to that in just a little bit. Maybe 45 minutes or so. We got time, right, Pastor Gary? But first, we need to do some back work. 
to kind of understand why Jesus was saying what he said and some of the hidden significance in these strange words from Matthew's gospel. You see, this is where that whole farm animal analogy comes in. I want to break it down for you because I spent last week doing a little bit of research about goats and sheep, trying to make sense of what Jesus was even talking about here. And it turns out that goats and sheep are actually very similar animals. Here we go. Here's the research part. Goats and sheep both come from the Bovide family of animals. They're both herbivores with cloven hooves, and they both grow horns, and their fleece is used to make wool. And both sheep and goats have four stomachs. You see, that's a big part of Jesus' point here. Not the four stomachs part, but the fact that very little separates a goat from a sheep. In other words, the difference between the righteous and the unrighteous is very very subtle. Just look at how the two groups respond to that question that God asks them in the gospel passage. God first says to the sheep on his right hand, I was hungry and you gave me food and thirsty and you gave me something to drink, naked and you clothed me, a stranger and a prisoner and you visited me. And the sheep respond by saying, wait a second, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or naked or in prison? But now look what happens with the goats on the left hand. God says the same thing to them. I was hungry. I was thirsty. I was a stranger. I was in prison, and you did nothing. And the goats respond exactly like the sheep. They say, wait a second. When did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or in prison? You see, sheep and goats are very similar And I think that's what Jesus wants us to realize. Righteous people and unrighteous people might look the same on the outside. They might even respond the same. They might go through all the same religious rituals and customs, but there are some small, subtle differences that make a huge difference. Now, one of the best ways to better understand what Jesus is getting at here is to look at the context of his words. This parable about sheep and goats and eternal punishment seems a little cryptic, if you ask me, until you realize who Jesus is talking about. You see, Jesus was sharing this little parable as a direct attack on the Pharisees and the Sadducees of his day. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were the religious elite in Jesus' day, and they were maybe just a little bit corrupt as well. Sure, the Pharisees and the Sadducees said all of the correct things, and they went through all the proper religious motions. They participated in prayers and rituals, but they also tended to use their privileged positions to harm rather than help those who were in need. And so Jesus comes along, and he calls them goats. He says the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they aren't righteous, even though they might appear that way on the outside. Their behavior seems good and holy and religious on the surface. They don't look that different than the sheep. But look a little more closely, Jesus says. People around them are hungry, and they don't even notice. People around them are thirsty, 
and they just make it worse. Look at how their actions harm the most vulnerable. They don't care about righteousness and following God's will. They only care about keeping themselves at the top of these systems that, in fact, they've created. Jesus' parable of goats and sheep is his way of calling out the Pharisees and the Sadducees for their hypocritical ways. And believe it or not, I kind of think that that's exactly the type of message that we need to hear on Christ the King Sunday. I know, I've been rambling about goats and sheep and all that fun internet research I did about the two animals for a while now, but do you remember me telling you that it's Christ the King Sunday? This is a Sunday that was established in order to celebrate the fact that Christ is our King. It's a church holiday specifically designed to try and help us keep our focus on Christ and to not get distracted by other motivations. You know, like how the Pharisees and Sadducees got a little bit distracted with their need to cling onto power. Today, we're invited to take a step back and, and look at our life. Is Christ at the center? Are the motivations of Jesus also our motivations? Or are we acting like a Pharisee? saying one thing but doing another? Are we acting like a Sadducee, professing our faith but then ignoring those who are in need around us? Is Christ our king? Or is our political ideology our king? Or maybe money is our king? Or tradition or security? The list goes on. The truth is, it can be really easy to forget to put Christ first in our lives. But in the same sense, I actually think it's almost just as simple to keep Christ as our king. Let me explain. During my week-long research project on goats and sheep, I did uncover one jarring difference between these two farm animals. A sheep's heart is nearly four times as large as a goat's. Sheep and goats have dozens of things in common, but a sheep heart is simply far larger than a goat's heart. You see, the big difference between a sheep and a goat, the difference between the righteous and the unrighteous, the difference between living your life with Christ as king is simply about the size of your heart. Being kind to your neighbors, keeping your promises to your friends, standing up for the kid who's being bullied or treating your waiter or the call center operator or the grocery store checker with respect. These are small actions of people with big hearts. When we honor the holiness that is present in every human being, we are honoring Christ as our king. And now, I know I told you that I'd eventually get to that nagging question that everyone wonders about. How do you respond to the panhandler on the corner of I-25 in Handin? What do you do when someone on the street asks you for money? Like I said in the beginning, I don't know if there is a clear, simple answer to this question. But I do know that if Christ is our king, then we'll act with big hearts. And so if nothing else, 
We'll treat that person in need with kindness and respect, whatever that might look like at that given moment. And in so doing, we'll show the love of Jesus in some small way. After all, Jesus had the biggest heart of all. And so the closer we get to Jesus and living as he did, the more second nature this will all become. Remember that the sheep in the parable didn't even realize all the good work they had been doing. That's what happens when you have a big heart. That's what happens when Christ is your king. The more we come to know Christ's love, the more that love shines through us. And so, as we come to the end of this liturgical year, a year that has been difficult for so many people in so many different ways, I pray that the year ahead will be one where we all come to know the love of Jesus just a little bit more so that we can be sustained and encouraged through whatever we face, but also so that the love of Christ can shine through us and fill the world with more love, more compassion, more grace. Amen.